0: Parshas Pukudai tells us of Kla Yisrael completing their work in preparing everything for the Mishkan. And then how they bring it to Moshe for him to inspect and approve. And then the third part of the when Hashem, instructs Moshe to assemble the Mishkan. When Moshe does that, the Mishkan is standing and the Pasha concludes that the Shekhinah comes down and so to speak the mission that Klai Yisrael set out to accomplish to bring the Shekhinah back to reside amongst them is complete. But if you look more closely at the details we could ask a number of questions. Firstly, the Torah tells us the dates that the Mishkan was established. It was Rosh Chodesh Nisan. That's the day Moshe assembled the Mishkan and the Shekhinah came down to rest there. But if we look, when did Klai Yisrael complete the building of all the different parts of the Mishkan? So we know Chazal Tadas that they had finished by the end of Kislev. Some even say by and if that's the case, so everything was ready. The mishkan was complete. And for three months, nothing happens. For three months, the mishkan could have been set up, and Klai could have already started bringing Karbanas. The Shekhinah could have come down, but no. The Kaddish Baruch was waiting. And the midrash had even expresses Klai Yisrael's disappointment they thought that now we've built the Mishkan let's start and yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't yet want the Mishkan to be set up he's waiting for Nisa and the question is why we have a second question also the Pasuk says that Hashem instructed Moshe to be the one to set up the Mishkan And Rashi tells us from the Midrash that Klag Yisrael had previously tried to set up the Mishkan and they weren't able to do it. They were unsuccessful. Why? Well, firstly, it was a tremendously heavy uh, uh, structure. Each beam of the Krasim was 10 Amis high. It was made out of solid wood covered in gold. So it was very difficult to do and the Klai Yisrael had tried to serve the Mishka and they weren't able to. And Chazal said, Hashem told Moshe, Moshe, you're going to be the one to serve the Mishka. And the Midrash continues that Moshe says, Hashem, I also can't up the Mishka. It's beyond the person's capabilities physically. And Hashem's response to him, Work on it as if you were the one setting it up and there'll be a nas and so to speak Hashem will ensure the Mishkan gets gets built. And that's why when the Apostle talks about on the first of Nisan, Hukam Hamishkan, it says in the passive sense the Mishkan was set up as if to say it was set up on its own. Yes Moshe was involved in the activity but it needed, it needed a neis and Hashem made the nace happen and as if Moshe was doing it. And the Midrash goes a step further. Why, if it was going to be a nice anyway, then why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu need it to seem as if Moshe was doing it? And the Midrash explains, because Moshe played no part in the building of the Mishkan. That the Jewish people did, the Chachmei And therefore, Hashem wanted Moshe's involvement in the Mishkan. And therefore, He left the construction of the Mishkan to Moshe or at least to Moshe's activity and through that that's brought, it brought about the miracle. That's the Chazal. Now once again we can understand it we can be inspired by it but if you think about it I have a big question on this Chazal. And that is if the Mishkan would have been a one time structure which would have been too hard for a person to do. And therefore, Kodesh Baruch Hu ensures that the one time the Mishkan is going to be built, it's going to be built by Moshe. Okay, it's a nice, it's a miracle. And Moshe deserves the miracle, there's a reason why he has to be the one to do it. But we know that the nature of the Mishkan is that it was often built and then just taken apart again every time Klai Yisrael journeyed. And then when they reached their new destination, the new place of lodging, the once again the Mishkan had to be reconstructed, and who were the ones doing that? We know it. it was the Bnei Mirari, one of the families of Levi who was in charge of building the structure of the Mishkan. So they were always the one who, every time the Mishkan moved, were the ones to disassemble it, and every time the cloud settles, had to be had to reassemble it. But I thought it was too hard for a person to do. I thought it needed miracles. And al couldn't do it. Only Maitre So then how can it be every time the Jewish people journeyed, the B'nai the Nabi, managed to dissemble the Mishkan and reassemble the Mishkan? It didn't get easier. And the answer must be that and Hashem helped the Bnei Levi do it. If it wasn't something physically possible, it needed a neis. So then that neis must have taken place for the Leviim each time that they had to assemble and reassemble the Mishka. and reassemble the mishkan. And if that's the case, it brings us to the question. There's obviously something then which wasn't only for the tz'chus that Moshe had. It wasn't just there was a one time that this nice happened, that people could assemble the mishkan. And Moshe was given that tz'chus. It was something which happened regularly. Every time the mishkan got assembled and disassembled, the nice repeated itself, except this time it wasn't through Moshe, it was through the Levim. So why the first time when the Jewish people who had built the Mishkan and now wanted to assemble it, why were not they zikha to the Ness? Why couldn't the Ness happen for them? And even more than that, we have a rule. Hashem doesn't do Nisan for nothing. And we know that the first of Nisan, which was the day that the Mishkan was assembled, was really the 8th day of the Miloim. For 7 days before that every day Moshe had put the Mishkan up so that they could practice doing the Avoidah and then taken the Mishkan down. And the next day they done the same thing again put the Mishkan up so they could use the Avoidah and taken it down. It wasn't an easy thing to pick it up, to assemble and disassemble the Mishkan every day. Which means this was a nace which had to happen every single day. And the question is, why is it necessary? What would have been the problem had Moshe built the Mishkan at the beginning of the seven days of the Miloom and it would just have been the eighth day that then Hashem would have brought down the shrine Why was it necessary for Moshe to assemble the Mishkan every morning and then to take it apart every night and then to reassemble it the next day, each time necessitating the same nace again? Until eventually on the eighth day he built it and stayed up. What's the significance? So, as you saw, we learn here. Let's explain the Gemara, where we learn this principle, and then see how it applies, and see how we can use it to answer our parasha. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, we've mentioned it before, that there's a halacha that a novi. Who suppresses his nebuah and doesn't and doesn't transmit it when he's meant to do that? In other words, Hashem gave him a message to relate to the Jewish people and he doesn't do that? We will call a Novi Shekovash Nebuosoi. And is a Novi Shekovash Nebuosoi gets killed by Basti. And on that mission, of the Gemara Sanhedrin asks the obvious question. And that is, if the Nabi didn't relay that Nebuah, so then how are we the based and meant to know it ever happened? How are we meant to punish a Nabi for what he didn't say? How are we meant to know he was meant to say something? And what the Gemara answers, I'll just give a bit of a background. The Gemara answers, and it says, there weren't periods in Qal Yisrael where there was only one Nabi. At any given time, there could have been hundreds of neviim, All being zeicha to be able to hear Hashem speak. And therefore, says the Gemara, when Hashem gives a nevuah, it's not just one Navi who hears that nevuah. When Hashem gives a nevuah, all the Navim, can hear Hashem speak except they hear Hashem instructing a particular Navi to give that prophecy and therefore if the Navi who had been instructed to give the prophecy doesn't do his job so the other Nabi would be the ones to testify to that they were also prophets and they had also heard Hashem speak and instruct this particular Navi to give the message. <laughs> Hashem doesn't do something unless he reveals it to the Navi. Now we learn a principle from here, and that is there's a Nava which has been given. A message which is meant to be related to Klal Yisrael. And there are many people who are aware of it. All the Nabim heard that Hashem spoke. But it's not just that Hashem expresses what he once said and then someone needs to say it. No. HaKadosh Baruch chooses who the Nabi to say it is going to be. And therefore, even though there could be many neviim who heard the navim and know what Hashem wants to be relayed, but they weren't chosen for the job. Hashem might want a message to be given to Klai Yisrael, but Hashem chooses through whom He wants that message to be given. And here we see a principle. And that is, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants something done, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to do a miracle to make it happen. It's not just the result that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. It's also He chooses the agent as the person who's going to bring the miracle about. And it's specifically that person who's going to do it. It's not available for everybody. And therefore we understand Going back to the Chazal we started with. Then if HaKadosh Baruch wanted Moshe Ravenu's participation in the building of the Mishkan. As we know, Moshe Ravenu wasn't involved in the construction of the canoe. And that's why Hashem wanted him to be involved in the assembly. Then sure, it took a nest to put the Mishkan together. But only Moshe was able to do that nest. Claeswill could have tried, and Claeswill unsuccessful. But if after Moshe has been involved in the initial assembly of the Mishkan, and therefore, so to speak, it's Moshe has been also a factor in the building, then if the Mishkan needs to be dismantled and reassembled on a regular basis, and the ones entrusted with those jobs are the Levim, the children of Merari, then the nace will continue to happen through them. The first time Hashem wanted this nice to happen through Moshe, and it wouldn't have happened with anybody else. And afterwards, Hashem wants this nice to happen with them, and therefore it happened through them. And that's the first He said. The second principle we see is also Hashem doesn't just choose who He wants to do the miracle. Hashem also chooses when He wants the nest to happen. When He wants the nest to happen. And therefore, if Hashem decided, and we'll soon see why, that He wanted the Mishkan to be built on Rosh Chodesh even if everything was ready. And prepared before that, it wasn't trying to put it together yet. It wasn't yet the time for the Ness. And even for seven days before Rosh Chodesh Nisan, if Moshe was involved in assembling the Mishkan every day and then taking it apart, and we asked why was it necessary, it was put put together temporarily. The kvias of the Mishkan as it's meant to stand, as something which is going to stand for a long time, there wasn't yet a time for that. That could only be done in the proper way, so to speak, when it came to Nisan. And then there's a story the other, at the Panovi We know he built a tremendous amount of institutions in Bnei the yeshiva, and an orphanage, and a girl's school, and a kodal. And of course, he used to spend a lot of time fundraising to establish, to set up all the Moses he created. And after one of his trips, he came back to the and he asked the Chazanish, and he said, I don't understand. Sometimes I approach a donor and ask him for a donation. And he says, not now. Okay. But then sometimes later he comes over and he gives me he gives me a donation. And the Panovic said, I'm thinking to myself, what changed? He suddenly made the money. He could have afforded it before as well. So why didn't he give it the first time when I asked him? What, why suddenly did he give it only later? And the Khazanisha's answer to him was, when you asked him, he didn't yet have the khusim that he was going to deserve to support Panovich." It was only later on he got that schos and he was given the chance to he was given the opportunity so to speak to support a yeshiva. And that's a tremendous insight. The same point we said before. It could be Hashem wants something to happen. But who's going to be the agent to bring it about? And when it's going to happen is part of the cheshpintur. And Hashem chooses who he's going to give that schos to. And when the right time is it, the person deserves it. And that's the other point we see in our Farsha. <inaudible> Moshe tells the Jewish people look, Hashem set apart Farsha. The skills which were needed to build the Mishkan weren't things that the Jewish people were proficient in. They had been slave laborers in Egypt. They hadn't learned the fine arts art of weaving gold. Or dealing with precious stones. And therefore, the Torah says to build the Mishkan, Hashem puts that wisdom, that intelligence, that knowledge, that skill into the minds and into the hands of the people who are going to be blown the Mishkan. So it was a nice. And yet, even though Hashem was empowering and enabling all the people building the Mishkan to take on the various projects in the Mishkan but they couldn't do everything there were some things only B'Tsarl could do why? because Korah Hashem B'Tsarlah this job Hashem reserved for B'Tsarlah it might not have been more difficult more intricate more complex than the other jobs but the other deshmai to do it was given only to him. And you can go back to what we said before. The nais, nice, the clients who were able to build the menorah, to weave the parochas, to be involved in all the other parts of the mishkan. And Hashem gave them a special chachm and a special skill in knowing how to do that. And yet, when it came to putting it together, Hashem couldn't give them the strength to raise the boards. And the answer is yes, like we said before. Because when HaKadosh Baruchot decides he's going to make a nice happen, so then he decides who's going to be the one to do it. And therefore, what Hashem wanted the Chachmeleif to do, he gave them that nice. What Hashem wanted Betaral to do was something Hashem reserved for him. And what Hashem wanted Moshe to do was something only Moshe was able to. That's the first part. But now coming to the second part we spoke about. Hashem is a specific time when He wants things to happen. And the nice won't take place before that. What is special about Rosh Chodesh Nisan? We're going to read tomorrow, Parshish HaKodesh. There's something special. There's something special for what we need to understand especially about Nisan, is it's not just the first day of a new month or of a new way of counting months. But just like we understand Rosh Hashanah the first day of the year, it's not just a new calendar start. It's a different year and a different year brings a different spiritual koyach with it. And it's brought down already from the Kadmanim. It's a notion of The previous year and its curses should end, the new year and its bracha should begin. There's a year which has a certain din, and a new year we hope will be a year of more bracha. And if that's true for the year that the world counts, so the same idea applies to the for Klai This is a new year. And the new year has a new mazl. Has a new Kayakh for Klai Yisra. There's a Makhlaqis in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah When various incidents happened. When Avram was born, when Yaakov was born. When the Mabel happened. When the world was created. Abediezer says it happened in Tishrei, Abediezer says it happened in Nisan. But one thing everybody agrees Yitzchok Avinu was born in Nisan. And what's significant about the birth of Yitzchok? If you think about it, Yitzchok's birth was the first birth of a Jewish child. Avraham Avinu found the Kodesh Baruch on his own. The, first, the birth of a Jewish child for the first time was the birth of Yitzhak. And that happened in Nisan. It's a start for the Jewish people. And therefore, similar Mitzrayim, we know the Makkas took place over the course of a year. But that year where of the Makkas was a year when Kailashal was still in slavery. But it comes to Shkodesh Nisan and Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Nisan is a new start. This is the year of redemption. You're going to be redeemed in Nisan. Because for Klai Yisrael, there's a new mazel which starts in Nisan. Just like as we said, for the year, a new, a new mazel begins in Rosh Hashanah. And if that's the case, we understand here too. The year before was the year of the punishments. The year that they built the Eger Azov, and yes, there's a chava, and yes, they built the parts of the Mishkan to try and rectify that error, but the Mishkan wasn't going to be built that year. It's only when it comes to Chodesh Nissan, and this is a new year, a new start for Klal Israel. a year where there'll be a Mishkan, and that's why Hakadosh Baruch Hu waits till Chodesh Nissan for the Mishkan to be built. This heralds in a new era for Tal Yishra. That's the value of Pachas I always say in my yeshiva, Rosh Chodesh Nisan is one of the most unappreciated days of the year. Unfortunately, it's the first day of Benazmanim, which is normally a step in the wrong direction. But if a person would appreciate the power of Rosh Nissan, a new start for Kalistra Yisrael. The Gemara also says, it's just like they were in Nisan, the future God will happen in Nisan too. This year was Nixar, the year of goddess Another year of goddess But there will be the year soon, which has been decided that Ushnasku Ula Yavoi the year of my redemption will come. And for Klai Yisrael, that changes in Nisan. Every Nisan carries with that, that potential of a new muzzle for Klai Yisra. But Let's put the two pieces together. The coming of the Goelah is dependent on people. It's dependent on the people who deserve to bring the gola. The people who wait for it, the people who do chiva, the people in whose merit the god is going to come. It doesn't need everybody. There will be those people in whose chos the god will come. The ones who will bring about the nes. And this is the point for us. Of course the Baruch Hu promised he's going to bring the gola. And when Hashem wants it to it's going to happen. But part of the equation is who are going to be the people who are going to be the agents to bring it? Who is going to have the chus that the nation happen through them? And that's something we can all aspire to be part of. By elevating ourselves by davening for the good by increasing our schuyas so we can daven that we should be the people through which, through whom Hashem is going to bring that nest. We should be the ones to merit. To be the people who are involved in causing the God to come. And as every Nissan, maybe this new year for Klai Yisrael. Just like the year which Yisrael was born which was the birth of the Jewish nation, the year we came out of Mitzrayim, which is the year which was slated for the redemption of the Jewish people. So we have And if we think about it, what's the significance of announcing a Khoidosh? It's not like there's a mitzvah of becoming Torah if you have Pasha's Torah, or by giving the Shkodim for the Migdash that there wasn't Parshah's Shkodim. What's the significance of Pasha Sakhoidosh? The significance of Parshah Sakhoidosh is highlighting for us this week, something important is going to take place. This week is going to be Rosh Hashanah, and that's something tra- that's something we should take note of, because maybe this Nissan is going to be the Nissan which will herald the rebirth of the Jewish people. Maybe this Nissan will be the Nissan where Klal will be redeemed again, and maybe will be the people who have the schus to make it nice happen.